Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Thick and Thin Podcast. As always, it's me, Anthony Cardoza. I was really excited to hear you guys' response from my recommendation for The Last Kingdom. I got a few people that sent me messages and a couple texts saying they really enjoyed the show. So, yay! I love that show. I'm glad people are getting into it. Uh, my week, uh, weekend weekly recommendation. <laughs> Sorry, I worked out this morning. And I had it worked out for a couple of days, so I definitely felt super uh, sluggish, and I'm a little bit tired, so I apologize. <laughs> but the um, the recommendation I have for this week is Legends of the Fall. Solid movie, guys. Okay, so if you have Amazon Prime, it's free. And Amazon is great, too, because you could rent any movie. Like, we could bootleg stream uh, Harry Potter, and it was kind of fuzzy, so we just rented it. So I think it's a good avenue for if you really want to watch a movie and you want to watch it, you know, in high def or whatever, you should get Amazon. Also, I believe if a movie is out in theaters that's supposed to be released right now, like Little Women or that shit measle, uh, Vin Diesel movie, uh, I forget what it's called, but um, I said Weasel. <laughs> but if you want to watch those kind of movies, I think it's like 20 bucks and you get the movie. So you could watch the theater movies at home, which is great. But Legends of the Fall is a solid movie starring Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins. There's some other actors and actresses I can't think of right now that are in it. But really good movie. It's got a lot of um, you know genres it touches. There's obviously it's a not obviously, but there's a romantic background, so it's sort of a love story mixed in with a little bit of war, mixed in with just kind of a coming of age, you know, dealing with life sort of uh, sort of topic. I really, really love that movie. It's my top 10 of all time, easily. Uh, so, yeah, that's my recommendation for this week. Give it a scope, guys. If you like it, please send me a message so I could hear about it and get your thoughts on it. To alleviate some of the anger I've been having at people, <laughs> I think it's okay. So, social media, generally, I'll see people's stupid posts about, oh, this is what's going on, and I'll see how they really behave, and I'm like, they're full of shit, it's annoying, but I'll go do something else, right? I'll go to the gym, I'll uh, do some comedy, I'll go to the beach and kick it or go for a run, whatever the case is. But since I'm at home, I feel like I'm getting a lot of resentment towards people, and, and it's not good, right? So, my friend was telling me, hey, make a list of the things that are upsetting you about this person, and read it back to yourself, and then you can throw it away. And it's supposed to help relieve some of that, uh, you know, some of that tension and stuff. So I did that, and when I was reading it back to myself, I was like, oh, my God, I'm horrible. <laughs> it's like a third grader wrote it. You're stupid, and you're dumb, and you're ugly, and I don't like you. <laughs> I was just like, God damn, it's mean. But I think it did make, make me realize that these were irrational thoughts and feelings, and, you know, I really don't give a shit what people think. Isn't it weird how people go on Instagram and try to get you to think what they want you to think? It's so stupid to me. Like, oh, let's just use something like political because I understand if you're this, but I don't think anyone's ever read a meme and been like, you know what? You're right. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> so a lot of this is just being stuck at home, right? And our, our ways to socialize are a little bit skewed and, and kind of throws things through a blender for us. But soon enough, guys, soon enough. So today's episode is going to be with my buddy Tony Zavala. We grew up together. Uh, we've always been in the same circle, and he's been a good friend to me growing up. Uh, always been a, st a stand-up guy, and now he's a stand-up comedian. Ba-boom, see what I did there? Uh, when I first got into stand-up, he was giving me the 
some of the spots to, to check out around my neighborhood and places I can go and little hints of advice. So I really appreciate that. And I'm excited to get him on today. We're just going to catch up, sort of talk about some stage stuff and, um, you know, maybe some stories about growing up together and that kind of thing. So stay tuned, guys. I hope you like it. And hit me up if you guys get bored. All right? Stay safe out there. Let me uh, go ahead and get him on the line right now. All right, guys. So here we go. Conversations with Tony. All right. So let me try to make this call real quick. See how this comes out. Speaker. I just told him I was in a call. <laughs> Got to be a flare for the dramatics, huh? Dude. Yo. Yo, what's up, Tony? How are you doing, man? I'm chilling, brother. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. You got me? Yeah, I got you, brother. Uh, how's everything? Oh, good. <laughs> You're not slowly dying at the house? I think it's good. Yeah? What's that? I said, that's good, man. You're not uh, stressing too much right now? Uh, no, I'm not really stressing. I'm just kind of, I guess it's more like a chilling, really. Um, I work remotely doing, like, freelance linguist stuff. Oh, okay. So, I continue to be working, but it's like, it was part-time stuff to begin with anyway, but it's like, uh, you know, it's still the same. Right, right. So, so what are you doing to um, what, what are you doing to stay active uh, comedy wise? Are you just uh, I saw you did a couple podcasts, stuff like that. Yeah, I've done a couple podcasts where I'm quarantined at in LA um, um, with a couple comics and my girlfriend is a comic too. Oh, cool! Um, so you got a little squad. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, we got a comics squad. So you guys like? Do you uh, guys do you guys write together or anything like that? Yeah, they do a podcast, um, so I've been on it a few times with them. What's the name of the podcast? And, uh, Hemby Street. Hemby Street? Yeah, H-E-S-B-Y Street. They listed the name of the street that they live on in the name of the podcast. Well, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so how... It's not, not like a long street, so... Right, so uh, you're a um, a stand-up comedian, obviously. Uh, that's why I got you on here. <laughs> but I just oh, that was my human personality. Well, that's what it is too, and the uh, the the smoldering eyes, the whole bit is going to be really why you're here. Uh, mm, yeah, for a podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to talk to you, kind of about the scene up north. I've, I'm not uh, too experienced with um, the comedy scene up there, so I'd like to ask you some questions just for my own personal benefit and I thought it'd be good for other people to hear too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Uh, so what's it like? About, have you done comedy everywhere and that's just, you know, you live there so obviously that's your spot or did you move up there for comedy or, you know? No, I, yeah, I, I kind of moved, we grew up together in uh, SoCal. Right. And then I moved uh, to Santa Cruz about 2011 to do uh, UCSC mm-hmm. graduated and then uh, started comedy there. Oh, at you at Santa Cruz? Yeah, I started in Santa Cruz. What's the scene like up there? Yeah, Santa Cruz is a great place to start doing comedy. I think it's like um, 
it's like a small community, and there, but there's for the size that it is, which is about 30,000, 60,000 people in the general area, mm-hmm. um, it's got like a lot of mics and uh, shows, but like the mics are not, um, they're, they're kind of like shows a little bit with audiences, because they get like real people that come to the open mics, which is crazy. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like a good place to start doing comedy, because um, the community is close-knit and supportive, there's real audiences. And um, it's kind of insulated. So, like, if you suck there, it's not like everybody in the whole bay knows that you suck. (laughs) (laughs) That's a huge advantage. (laughs) It's just kind of a cool um, incubating area. Right. And then when you moved uh, from Santa Cruz, where are you you at now? You're in the the Bay Area, right? I live in San Francisco now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I moved from, I guess I was doing it, let's see. How long? I guess I was doing it in Santa Cruz maybe about a year and a half to two years before I moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I moved to San Francisco. I've lived there now for about two years. Doing it. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of split my time. Wait, what's your... Actually, next week... Sorry, go ahead. That? No, go ahead. Oh, next week is... Um, next week is my comedy anniversary... <laughs> I started comedy four years ago next next Monday. Woo! <laughs> On a Monday night, too? Yeah, not like not a great um, time to have an anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true. How? Um... Nobody ever wants to hear about that either. If you tell anybody or if anybody tells you about, oh, it's my comedy birthday or whatever, I'll be good for shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I mean, anything that... Only, only you care. What's that? Yeah, only you care. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so what's the difference between... What would you say was the biggest difference between San Francisco and Santa Cruz, per se? Yeah, I guess, like, the amount of comics. And uh, there's so many more comics in San Francisco. And people kind of come there from, you know, other places, too. Like uh, East Bay and... San Jose, like people come up and meet in San Francisco for the shows. There's so many great shows in San Francisco. Right. I think um, that, I think that's one of the reasons that um, L.A. is such a fucking clusterfuck for comedy because any given night you go somewhere, it's just packed full of people. And the chances of you getting on stage, if it's like a legit club, are pretty slim to none. You know what I mean? Cause it's oh, you're of, just like going to the clubs and hoping to get on? Yeah, well, I went to a couple auditions, and I've got booked for those shows, and it looks like all those shows are going to get canceled now, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it looks like shit. I mean, when, did it you? It looks like after about five weeks of quarantine that all the, all the shows might get canceled. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't see a lot of people showing up to comedy shows when it's over anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Actually, I kind of. I'm more optimistic about when we get back to comedy because I've done a couple online shows, uh-huh. like Zoom shows and stuff, Facebook Live or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people are like really itching for something, you know? Like people are coming to these online shows, which I'd never expected. I thought people would just be like ignoring it. But <laughs> how is that? How is the online show? What's it like to have an audience that's uh, not there? You know, because that's one of the biggest things about stand-up is, you know, a couple buddies of mine, they're like, let's do some stand-up, we'll record it, and then we'll release it. And I, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. And then sure enough, when I started doing it, I realized how important the audience is. 
yeah, yeah. It's the whole thing. I um, mean, yeah, if you try to pause or even if you say something funny, it just doesn't have the, you know what I mean? You don't know the cadence or anything like that. You have to play off people, and that's something that it's not a tangible um, thing that you could, you know, equate into comedy, but it's fucking everything. Right, yes. It's, audiences are very important. <laughs> uh, I think that um, the shows that I've been on have been run differently, and I started running one too. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm, like, running... Mine, I think it's important for, like you said, the audio feedback. So we do it on Zoom and ask people that are in a quiet enough space that it's not going to distract. You know? mm-hmm. uh, we ask them to unmute themselves so that they can, they can hear the laugh. A lot of comics can hear laughing. Okay. Because uh, it's a little bit like, um, I mean, it's a different uh, medium, obviously, but it's like, it's more like a one-sided conversation like being on a group phone call with your friends mm-hmm. like when you're on a phone call with your friends and somebody's talking and they say something funny like you laugh just because it's like um you know them and it feels a little like uh you would laugh in person so why not laugh uh, you know in a phone call yeah so, so like, like when you're watching netflix or something at home you know that it's just a recording Mm-hmm. I think the fact that you know it's live is like so much different. Um, like your reaction and interaction with it is is different because you know it's live. You know there's a real person on the other end of it. And are they just watching something? Can you see their face, or is it just? Yeah, people can choose. We ask people if they want you know to um, activate their camera so you, the comics can see you. I think it's more important to hear them though. Like, right? You need to be able to see the comic, and the comic needs to be able to hear you. I think that's the most important thing. I feel, is there ever like delay issues where like you tell a joke and then you start to go on and someone's like, <laughs> you're like, wait, <laughs> I feel oh, like, like on a delay. yeah, I feel like that would be the biggest issue. Like kind of like this right now, like you have to have a slight pause and I have to have a slight pause because, you know, we're not directly face to face so we can't read each other's, you know, mannerisms. Oh yeah. Well, I have a camera set up in your house so I can see you fine. Oh, <laughs> well, you're changing, huh? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Put that uh, away, son. <laughs> but we're also, like, having a conversation, right? We're, like, taking turns. And I feel like um, you never want to talk over laughs, but it's easier to, like, kind of just wait for a laugh to die. If somebody, like, laughs a little bit later, you can kind of work around that rather than, like, trying to wait for somebody else to say something to Right. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's a – that's a... I started doing um, online, like they have a Corona's Got Talent with Andrew Schultz where you can go on and you can tell jokes or whatever. What's it called? Corona's Got Talent? Yeah, it's like his little talent show, It's which is a cool way to stay plugged in for him. You know, he's all about social media and shit, so he's a fucking genius. So he oh, did like yeah. a, yeah, so you can go on there and you can do comedy or whatever, and at the end of the show they give you a, a prize or, you know, they'll say like this guy's the, the winner and that's pretty much it, but it's just a way to get, you know, some screen time kind of thing. Yeah. But I went on it and right. I, t- I told this last week, but right when I went on it, everyone's like, "Boo, fuck that fag!" I was like, "Jesus Christ!" I was like, "I was just trying to tell some oh jokes." <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the Kill Tony format too, right? It's like people go up and then people love it more when the when the comic sucks because then they can just rip into them. Yeah, I think uh, for some reason, like the internet brings out the worst in people. So it's just like I killed Tony. At least they're just kind of talking shit, and you're like the professionals, and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then this one, they're like, yeah. you know, he's gay, kill him. I'm like, what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
well, they got a point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's a good point, too, about, like, the internet kind of sucking, you know, bringing out uh, horrible aspects of people. That's why I um, uh, tried to pump the brakes on a little, because I was like, this probably isn't good for me, like, as far as, you know, when I'm at a show, I'll just stare at someone when they're being a dick, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's why, uh, when we're doing Zoom show, like, I saw one, and I've heard of other shows where they just make the, the Zoom link... Um, public and there's no password or anything mm-hmm. and kids uh, troll kids like um, bombard it you know they get in there and they just start blasting uh, annoying sounds and like uh, saying racist stuff and uh, oh yeah <laughs> uh, the one I was in they told one of the women who had her camera on that they, to show her tits yeah <laughs> so it was like uh, uh, they said they were gonna rape her <laughs> which, like, <laughs> They're kids. It's weird, weird to hear a kid say that. Yeah. Uh, that's what the internet does to people. So it's like, that's the dark side, or I guess, uh, dark side of the internet, but it's like, uh, there's the danger, I guess, of like running these shows online is um, anybody has a microphone, so they can just say, you know, whatever. So you have to have like, um, we ask people to like donate to us. Mm-hmm. It's like, pay what you want, but the fact that there's like some kind of barrier between like you can donate a dollar even but it's like most people know that it's like uh, it comes straight to the comics so it's like uh, most people throw in like uh, 20 bucks or whatever so we just give it they like are invested in the show right so they want right. the, the show to be good yeah I mean um, you got any kind of like barrier up prevents like uh, these troll kids from just ruining it yeah and that's the thing is a lot of comedians right now they're doing whatever they can so a lot of them are putting free content or they're having conversations with people or doing you know this and that on Instagram or Facebook and stuff, and, and people go in there and talk shit, and I'm like, dude, they're giving you free fucking content, like, you know, pump the brakes, but like you said, if you have that sort of, well, if you donate, you can come in, or, you know, then people are invested, and, you know, you're going to weed out a lot of the assholes, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, we ask, like, people who are, like, Venmo, or go on a website and donate, it's like, you can put whatever in there, like, it's a dollar. Like as a minimum on Eventbrite on Venmo, I think it's a cent or whatever. But the fact that there's some kind of barrier yeah. against people, I think. So, how do people watch these uh, comedy shows that are on Zoom and stuff like that? Because this is a great. Um, I think this is something really cool that people could fucking do. And I have probably like I don't want to brag, but at least like twenty listeners. So no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Like we have a Facebook page, Second Floor Stand Up, San Francisco SF. Uh, we na- we named the show Second Floor because we're doing it with a venue that has um, a show space on the second floor. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, that sounds kind of cool, you know. We wanted it to sound cool, so we called it that. And we did like made a poster and all that stuff, and then uh, we found out there's another second floor uh, show that's been like running out of Penn State for like ten years. Oh wow! <laughs> um, so I don't know what we're gonna do with that. Maybe we have to change the name or something. But that's where we are right now. Stand up oh, awesome man okay so yeah you guys check that out. i'm gonna check it out too um i i only saw a clip yeah. i only saw a clip of one of your um stand-ups and i mean i know you've been doing it for uh a long time and i've always wanted to catch a show but you know obviously you're up north but i saw a clip it was fucking hilarious is there something that people can go on to kind of get an idea of who you are and stuff like that yeah I think you're talking about the, the clip I put on Instagram. Yeah, that and, fucking uh, had me rolling. I was like, I love it. That's my kind of shit right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I'll repost uh, that. On, I'll repost that on this page so that people could see it and get to, get to know who you are and shit. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, I was like, 
I'm kind of resistant to like putting clips or like any part of my stand up online. Um, or I was because it was like, I, like you said, stand up is such a in person experience. Right. Or I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but when this quarantine happened, I put up a clip because I'm like, well, I don't know when the next time I'm even going to get to do stand up is. It might be a while. So I thought about putting some clips up, just like, you know, a joke or here or two, here or there. Um, but I might put up more, but it was like, I got such a good reaction from that. It was like really surprising and cool to see. Oh, yeah, man. Um, I mean, uh, I think it's, it's such a, like, uh, for sure, I always wanted to see you just because we grew up together. But then when I saw that, I was like, oh, he's good and he does it? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Yeah, but you can put up a clip of yourself. You know, who knows if it's good. That's true. Yeah, you can put up the best clip you have. Yeah. Clip, but what the hell? What the hell do they know? You know? Right. What's your, what's your kind of, uh, what's your, your stand-up style? Um, do you tell stories? Is it more life experience? Do you kind of just do observational comedy? What's your, what's your, your go-to kind of? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't really observe anything. I guess I talk more about my life. Um, uh, yeah, like my relationships with, uh, you know, that I'm in, and then like uh, my family, uh, people that I know. I guess it's kind of more like short jokes. I don't really tell stories so much, but it's more like facts about my life joke right and you've been doing it uh break it down right and, and how did you get into this because i remember growing up you were always quiet you'd like come in with little zingers but you were quiet compared to um you know like my loud dumbass that was always drunk or something like yeah. that but you know, yeah yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> no, was, not about it. <laughs> was it you some... know, yeah well yeah it's like kind of quiet i guess um well i was like uh you know i always like wanted to do stand-up even as like a kid you know it was my favorite thing mm-hmm. like the idea the power of like telling a joke and making everybody laugh is like the coolest thing for sure to me when i was young mm-hmm. now it sucks i think it's stupid but when i was <laughs> young i was like oh, that's cool now you're old and uh, cynical <laughs> yeah uh so i always like wanted to do it and i always thought like oh i'll, I'll write jokes one day and you know, i'll try it out and then uh, you know like five eight eight, ten years past, you know, like I still haven't done it. So, uh, you just kind of, I kind of just started because, um, a lady broke my heart mm-hmm. and, uh, it's uh, kind of a long story, but, uh, basically it's not, uh, my heart got hurt real bad. And then I, um, was kind of reeling from that just like emotionally, like one day when it happened. And then, uh, I knew a friend of mine had always said, he's like, Oh, my friend, he, uh, he uh, he performs on this show all the time. He's a stand-up comedian. He always performs on the show. He does it at this uh, this bar in San Jose because I was going to Santa Cruz at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, cool stand-up. And so when my heart got hurt, I was like, oh, I need to laugh, right? So I went to the to the show. I was like, oh, I heard he does it at this this bar in San Jose, and then it's an open mic, right? So <laughs> it's not a show, right? But he was always describing it as a show. So I went. And uh, it was open mic, and it's, I just was listening to the people, and my heart was hurting, and I was like, I need to get up there and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I signed up. I don't know where the where it came from. It just like was a feeling that came over me. I didn't expect to go up. I just went to the things to laugh, and then signed up. Uh, and then I got up there and just kind of um, talked about it, I guess, for about a 
few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't funny. <laughs> it was just like... You're you know, all crying? You're all, why? <laughs> All the time. And it is, but you have to have the joke too. Right, <laughs> right, right. You're just like, oh, she hurt me real bad. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, woo! <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, I was up there for about five minutes, and the host, like, I don't know. I wrote on the list. Uh, I don't know why I did this, but I wrote on the list, like, it's my first time. I put my name, and then, like, first time, thinking that anybody would care. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the host put me up. And then went outside for a cigarette. So uh, I don't know why I thought to do this too. I recorded it on my phone. Uh, I, I record every set, every time mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. back then too, like I had the, I don't know why I had the, the thinking that I should record it. So I recorded it and I um, he was outside smoking. I, I don't know, I had done improv for a couple of years, mm-hmm. like just community improv. But I didn't, I didn't think I should get up until he came back. So I just stayed up there and did some stupid like, um, voices I made uh, Patrick my I was living with at the time we used to do these voices together and make me laugh uh-huh. they're real dumb stuff uh, and so I like stayed up there and did you know things that made me and my friends laugh and it was not funny but uh, the host came back after like 10 minutes because I saw the recording was like over over 10 minutes on the recording hmm. so then uh, after that I was like hey, man that was great but I never want to go up without jokes you know, ever again. Right. Uh, so I, like, looked through, after that, um, I went home and, like, it did make me feel better to, like, talk about my thing. Right. Or whatever. But I did want to have jokes. I, like, went through all the... Oh, maybe one day this will turn into something. And I had, like, uh, many, many pages of those stupid things that are not funny now, but they were, like, little thoughts. And there was something, so like I went back the next week and uh, did stuff that was prepared. And you know, since then I've been doing it almost every day. All oh, right, on. So you kind of do it as uh, obviously. I mean, I think for people that don't know, it's so fucking therapeutic. People don't understand that. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I think for me, you know, being a um, a recovering fucking drug addict. <laughs> um, it's, it's like the only kind of high I can get. Like people are like, well, you know, why do you use? And, and I'm just like, I'm, I need this sort of high. And the, one of the only ways I could feel that sense of disconnect from reality is when I'm on stage for me, you know? Uh-huh. And you're saying for you, it's more of like you, you could go, kind of go up there and it's just like a therapy session for you, right? You just say everything you want to say. And... Well, not, I feel like not now. I feel like that's how it started, like <laughs> me getting up there. But I always just wanted to say funny stuff right so it's like now I feel like that's what gave me the the courage I guess is that the right word I don't know yeah, yeah. Saying that. Like, it gave me the the reason or the impetus to start and then after that once you get past the doing it for the first time then you're like okay I, now I want to be good at it yeah and then do you think do you think comedy has to come from pain or do you think it's just kind of you know because some people are like it has to come from real life experience other people, it has to do this, it has to do that. I mean, I don't really, I think it's fucking, if it's funny, it's funny. But um, yeah. I think a lot of it is, like, for me, I, I do talk about my life, and then it'll, it'll send me into some kind of spiral of some dumb scenario that I created in my head. So it's not really f- truthful, but <laughs> it's, like, just something that yeah. I think of, you know? 
what's yeah? I, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say yeah. So what do you what do you think? Like, is it something that you know that it has to be from experience, or is it just something that you know everyone's got their own niche, that kind of thing? Yeah, there's there's so many styles. You're right. It's like um, I think it's whatever works for you. Like where. Um, I mean, whatever you can think of to write, it's like, I think people do, uh, like, everything in between, like, they do, like, uh, impressions, they do, like, act-outs, and then they talk about, like, their childhood and their parents uh, doing drugs while they, like, didn't have anything to eat, it's like, in the same set, you know, it's, yeah. Be, it's, <laughs> yeah, all the all at once, oh, yeah. shit, <laughs> guys got some talent. <laughs> I think it's just, like, whatever, um... Yeah, you can do it all. It's like if you can write about it, you know. Right. Who? Do you... I guess when I, when I think about writing, I think about like I said, just thinking about a fact about me and my life, I guess, and then uh, trying to think of the funniest thing about that. Hell yeah! Uh, who do you, who who was some big comedy influences for you? Do you have like special people that you look up to, or that you you know that you just comes to mind if someone says something like, "Who's your favorite comedian?" Oh yeah, I always. I mean, it's kind of a boring one, but I always. Uh, my favorite is Norm McDonald. It's like um, everybody loves Norm. But he's so great. fucking great. I mean, he's, he's so like, underrated too. <laughs> underrated? Oh my god! I feel like he's, uh, everybody thinks he's the best. I thought. I don't well, know. no, see, because yeah, I think that's like a comedy thing. If you're into comedy, I think it's such a. But like, okay, did you ever see the roast that Norm Macdonald did? Uh, I forget who. Oh, Bob Saget. Did you ever see that on Comedy Central? Bob Saget, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and he's just kind of doing these corny jokes, and everybody that I was watching with is like, he's not that funny. And I'm like, you don't know what he's doing right now. <laughs> like, it's so great. <laughs> like, but yeah. Wasn't it like he found this old, old insult joke book, and he just started reading from those? I think so. He's like, uh, I forget, I can't even remember his jokes, but he's like... Uh, oh, they were good. Like, they were good. It's like a flower. Yeah. Cauliflower. <laughs> Cauliflower. <laughs> I think it was John, or, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, maybe. He was like, Gilbert Gottfried, the, uh, the restroom on the front, it says gentlemen, but uh, pay no attention to that. Feel free to go in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, what? And it got like awkward. Like, but I think this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, what did you, so okay, so he's your favorite or your all-time kind of guy? Yeah. Yeah, like if you see him on interviews. I sound like a lot like him too. Yeah. When I talk, like I hear it a lot in my voice when I'm like, oh, man, I'm just a bad Norm McDonald. <laughs> Y'all, but it's so bad that no one could tell. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people are like, what? But then I'm like, are you, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I feel like uh, he's definitely like who I look up to. Okay. Yeah, he's great, man. Okay. If you just see his interviews with people and he's shooting the shit, like his. The quick things he comes up with, and it's just, it's great. I love yeah. that guy. It's crazy, yeah. He can just talk, and it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, uh, who's like a modern comedian, someone that's newer, that's coming up that you like? Oh, somebody I like now? Yeah, like, I don't know. I, like, for me, I think, um, I like uh, Mark Norman, Theo Vaughn. They're both from Louisiana. I think it's just, through, like, it's sort of like what you just said. Like, they, they talk, and it's fucking funny. Just the way that they, they kind of address certain things, it just makes me laugh. Yeah, I guess somebody that's like, oh, I love everything he does is Nate Bargatze. I feel like oh, he's, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, you know, he he does a style too that I I don't really tell any stories, so it's like much more. It's different from what I I tend to do, so it's like impressive too for that reason, and it's um, 
he's great. Yeah, he's got a solid. Um, I got into him when I saw the Netflix standups, and he's got a thirty-minute set on there. Yeah. Yeah. Then if you watch his, then it got me down that rabbit hole. Once you start watching his stuff, like his um, observation and the way he like names shit, it's, it's fucking great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so what's yeah, I what's think that was my first exposure to is that Netflix thing. Um, I think it was like oh, yeah, everybody kind of he kind of blew up after that. I think. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, but that milk with ice did is like that kind of. Which one, which one is that? Remind me of it for me. Um, milk with ice in it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, drink. Yeah, I like when he's. Ta- the, I like when he's. Ta- interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I like the interaction he... where they both kind of like mumble to each other, and then he's like, "Not sure if you hear what he said," but then he gets his drink and it's milk with ice in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess they definitely didn't hear what I said. <laughs> when he's talking about the white trash wedding, and then uh, a guy started fighting a girl, and he's like, "It was my uncle." <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah, I love that shit." <laughs> and I, I think I like those kind of comedy uh, comedians too, is because. They have like a different accent, or they're from a different part of the, you know, like of the the U.S. That it, it's just they have a unique stories that could I could, but they still put me in the place. You know, I mean, yeah. I could picture being in a white trash wedding in Tennessee and be like, hell yeah. <laughs> this is... When we were in high school, uh, Pat gave me um, uh, Mitch Hedberg's uh, first album. Oh God, yeah, me too. Yeah, he gave it to everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. Mitch is a state. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, that kind of... Um, I liked the idea of, like, you could just put those few words together and uh, make something that would make people laugh. I used to, like, recite them to as many people as I could. Yeah, and then, now that you say it, yeah, Pat did do that. He burned a bunch of Mitch Hedberg CDs. This one, like, burning CDs was, like, the thing to do. So we're like, hell yeah, we all got burned CDs, and then we all listened to Mitch Hedberg, and then we all had some type of shitty band that we would play, and in between songs, we would do, like, Mitch Hedberg jokes. Like, we got t-shirts for sale after the show. They don't have our name on them, but they're Haynes (laughs) three-packs. Yeah. It's crazy, because I do hear, like, stand-ups doing that joke in their act now, too. Oh, really? You shouldn't do that, huh? Yeah, I'm... What's uh? What's something? Uh, what's a bad experience? Like, do you ever have a time that you bombed or some crazy shit happened when you were on stage, and how did you deal with it? That kind of thing. Mm, no. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> no, um, never. <laughs> uh, no, I mean we've all, yeah, you know, every bombs. Um, I guess yeah, you know, the crazy thing that happens. Uh. uh Yeah, I had this one guy uh, who yelled, and I never told this story because I just forgot about it, but he, he yelled at me. I don't know why everyone calls me a fag when I'm on stage. <laughs> so guy, was, I was on stage, and I just got up. Like, it was a quiet night. Everyone was kind of just like, it was a mellow crowd. And I got up, and this guy's all, fag! And I was like, fuck you! And I just went into my set, and he just didn't say anything the rest of the time. <laughs> I was like, quick recovery. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, and I just like I, because I was like I was like I was like hi guys, and then he's all fag, and I was like fuck you. <laughs> it was <"Ah." laughs> and I was like, anyway, I grew yeah. up in Arcadia. <laughs> yeah, 
What about you, Miguel? I guess, yeah, about my first, like, um, couple months. I guess I was a couple months in, in Santa Cruz. I was at the Blue Lagoon. Um, Ooh, and I did a joke. Uh-huh. I ended with a joke that was, uh, what was my joke? It was like, uh, I, yeah, it was kind of like a Mitch Hedberg style joke. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was my joke. It was something stupid, like, uh, um, I bought a book on how to live a minimalist lifestyle, and it said throw this book away. <laughs> and then uh, somebody in the audience yelled, fuck you, that's Mitch Hedberg. And I was like, what? And he was like, uh, yeah, that's Mitch Hedberg. And I got into this interaction with him at the end of my joke, and I was like, what? Or I said, and I was like, what are you, t- what are you talking about? That's not Mitch. And he's like, yeah, it's the one, forget what you know about... Uh, Futon covers or whatever, because Mitch Hedberg had a joke that was like, um, I saw his infomercial. It said, "Forget everything you know about futon covers," or something like that. He's like, "So I did," <laughs> and it was weight off my mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and my, I mean, mine is like, I, I could see. It. I guess it's similar, like uh, structurally, but it's like not the same joke. But right. I could, it's like in his file, right? Right. So I was like a couple months in, and I, I like uh, got an interaction with the guy, and I was like, "Those are uh, he like mentioned that joke." I was like, "Those are so different jokes. Those are very different." And he was like, "No, nah, I think they're the same." And I was like, "But uh, you like I trying here to tell you that like futon and uh, minimalist book are different words." <laughs> and he was like, "Okay." You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank like, you. <laughs> he, like, backed out. I guess, like, your guy that called you a fag, and you're like, fuck you, and he's like, yeah, okay, never mind. I think... But I guess when you kind of put people on the spot a little bit, like, when you put all the attention in the room on a person, they kind of feel, uh, like, there's a reason why public speaking is, like, people are afraid of it, and that's why people don't have to do stand-up, I guess. I don't know. No, that's why, that's why um, I was saying about the Zoom thing. That's, to me, it's because when, uh, sometimes a heckler, it's, in my experience, I have very little experience, so you tell me what you think after this. But for me, I think when I address, because if someone's yelling shit and I don't address it, it's just, it ruins my set. Because I'm thinking about that person and then I'm getting pissed off at that person. So for me, I always address it like, you know, hey, uh, thank you for ruining the show. Appreciate that. <laughs> or whatever the case is, you know, I'll do something yeah. to. And then a lot of times the light will go on them or it'll focus on them. And then they kind of like, oh, because they don't want to get that attention, but they you know, they still yell shit out sometimes. So I feel like Zoom, it might kind of be like that. But like, you know, obviously that was, that was my take on it. Um, what do you think about that? Zoom, yeah, I, like I said, it's like a Zoom, I don't know, sometimes in bar shows, like shows are just like sprung on people. And they, <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a show here now. You were drinking, but now it's going to be. Right, you know, right. So sometimes you get people on a show that are like, why the hell, why am I here? Um, but uh, in like a ticketed show and like Zoom is kind of the same thing. You got to decide to be there. You can't just find your way there online. Right. Um, that people show up, they like want to see the show, so they don't they don't want to interrupt because they came to see what the show is. Right. So how do you deal? Do you try to address it? Do you call them out or like was that obviously that was your first time? Just kind of like, hey man, what what are you talking about? But in a general, oh yeah, do you have a general style or something was, you like to throw out? Oh, yeah, somebody, yeah, it doesn't really happen to me that much, but I guess I kind of react, 
like that same thing. Like, what? Why, why would you do this? I did have um, one thing that worked for me one time. This has only happened once, but it was like two guys that were just like loudly talking in the middle of a show that I was hosting. <laughs> and I like asked them nicely to be quiet. And then they like kind of laughed and didn't. Mm-hmm. And then um, they kept talking. And I said to them, you know, like, will you guys, like, please just stop talking? Like, you can, if you want to talk, go outside or something. And then they, they didn't. I, I asked the audience to be like, everybody who would like these, these guys to stop talking, like, cheer now. And then the whole rest of the crowd, like, cheered. And uh, I saw the guys, like, kind of realize, like, Oh, all these people want to stop. I looked. I told him. I was like, "Those are your peers." <laughs> <laughs> Those are your peers. <laughs> yeah, and that that worked because I think yeah, public shaming. I don't yeah. like, get mad at people. I'm just kind of like, do you realize like what you're doing? Do you think it's helped you to deal with problems in real life? Like, say someone has a different view than you, or someone's being, and I'm asking you more for my personal knowledge. <laughs> Do you think it's helped, yeah. uh, or how do you deal with people now? Is it just like I'm gonna make this into a bit, or is it easier? Does it make your your skin thicker? What do you think? Oh well, I don't like. Uh, in some ways, it's made my skin a lot thinner, you know, because I care more about what what people think. Hmm. Uh, or like, I want to be. I guess not care what they think, but I like. I want to be um, entertaining to audiences, you know. So I want them to think like I'm funny. But you're talking about just like um, like day-to-day interaction. Like yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think it's like something that you, you've you been able to use in your daily life? Like, okay, this person thinks like this. Is it funny to me? Or are you the kind of person that, you know, obsesses over things and gets pissed off? And then, you know, I just I was just curious. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm very easygoing, dude. I don't think I get angry a lot. My stand-up is not like, um, like angry, I don't think. Or like uh, I'm not like an angry character on stage right or like uh i i rarely have like a a person in a joke that i'm like this guy sucks you know like fuck this guy right most of it, like you always have to have like a target in the joke i guess like the butt and i guess mainly like either i met or the what i the way i think not even like me but like the way i think in a given situation is more of the joke mm-hmm. did you um, did you develop that or is it something that you kind of had your uh, idea when you started out with and you switch like you're doing impressions at first now you're doing you know you know ragged on yourself kind of uh, or... yeah i think it kind of just developed over time i don't know i think um when i first started it was kind of stuff like about the world like that like the logic behind stupid things like like a, like that example of the minimalist handbook mm-hmm. it's like uh, <laughs> yeah that's <it's>, great <laughs> yeah the idea in itself is just like okay this thing is giving you, um, this thing shouldn't exist, basically. Right. Like the logic behind, if you want to live a minimalist lifestyle, you shouldn't have possession. So this thing is a possession, therefore, it's like, that's the kind of uh, thing I would point out, I guess. Yeah, like the danger, like the... Not, not funny at all. Yeah, like that's the danger, the dangers of reading literature, it's like a book. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. 
Do you? Uh, I'm not like uh, mean in general. I hardly get mad at all. But um, yeah, so my comedy's not really built on that. Well, but, so I guess in real life, if somebody gets like annoys me, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I wouldn't really think. I don't really like write about stuff that annoys me. Although they say that's a good strategy. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess my jokes come more of like uh, stuff that um, affects me. I guess it makes me feel bad or, or sad. I don't write stuff that like makes me happy, but stuff that puts me in like. Usually, it's kind of like uh, I'm more sensitive. Like, oh, I, I did something wrong, you know? Right. So, uh, something makes me feel like I fucked up or did something wrong. Uh, then I usually think about that. Okay. Uh, before we go, let's talk about uh, growing up and just, um, you know, because uh, people wanted to get to know you. What's something, you know, just talking about yourself growing up and, you know, how we were raised and the kind of shit you did in high school and stuff like that. Let's just talk about that for a minute because, uh, one, I like to recap with my old school friends. And then, two, I just think it's interesting to what kind of made you go towards, a, you know, comedy. Yeah. Um, well, maybe I was quiet, like you said, just because um – like my home life was, I like to, I was kind of like embarrassed of it, mm-hmm. uh, because um, I think that like when we were growing up, there was like a lot of homophobia, and my mom is gay, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she and my dad split when I was like uh, six. So I was getting just real deep into it right away. So it was like uh, my parents, my mom and dad were divorced, and then my mom uh, like realized that she was gay and met up. They, she's been together with her partner ever since I was like nine, I think. Um, but like when we were in high school, I kind of like didn't like invite people over or whatever because uh, uh, there was like homophobia and I got made fun of, you know? So right. I kind of like was embarrassed about it. Uh, so I think that was why it was more like quiet. It was just kind of like trying to avoid attention. Right. Which is sad, right? And that's uh, that kind of like sad feeling that I have about the way that I reacted to that as a kid, uh, that's like what I open with now. I was talking about getting bullied because my mom was gay and I was feeling like embarrassed about her. Mm-hmm. And then I say, look, uh, now I got older, right, and wiser. Uh, and now, you know, I'm just jealous. I was like, well, mom had a girlfriend before I did. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I kind of like turned that feeling inward of like feeling embarrassed about who my, my mom is, like then feeling how, how uh, how bad I felt about that in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of uh, making it into like, oh, the way I thought was stupid. Mm-hmm. The way I used to think was dumb. Right, yeah, 100%. And I think that's what, um, yeah, same with my, you know, I grew up with my grandma and um, I didn't like to tell, people, everybody kind of knew, but it was just if someone made like a joke about moms and they'd be like, dude, he doesn't have a mom. I'm like, calm the fuck down, dude. Like, don't make it <laughs> where the attention's on yeah. me. <laughs> you know, so I was always yeah, kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids are horrible like that. They'll take anything that like causes you pain and be like, "Yeah, isn't that stupid?" Yeah, I mean, how do we? If you uh, if you have a kid, how would you try to, you know, how do you mentally prepare kids for other kids? Because no one's more brutally honest or fucked up than a kid, you know. <laughs> yeah. How would I prepare a kid for life dealing with? Uh the bullying of other, other kids? I mean, that's a loaded question, but I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> you know, people that have kids, I'm like, like anything that you're 
self-conscious about, especially like in high school, everyone just kind of like fucking sharks, just you know, circling around waiting for that weakness. And then as soon as you get it and they find out what, what bothers you, it's, it's fucking game on, you know? Yeah, and you kind of, I think in our like middle school, high school, we had to like make fun of other kids to like take the attention off you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you get yeah, older and you're like, fuck, that, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember that time that uh, Pat and I made that whole album. We went home and recorded a, a song uh, about our friend Chad Yubovich. His, uh, we never even met his mom, right? And we made a song about uh, his mom's butt. <laughs> and the song was called Chad's Mom's Butt and how much we loved it and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys gave him the motivation to push the envelope, huh? Yeah, maybe we did. Maybe uh, all that, that that album was like, I'll show him. I'll make my own album. At the 20-year high school reunion, he's going to come with the song. <laughs> Y'all, you son of a bitch. He's all been waiting 19 years for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was like a year younger than us, too. So he's like, I think that made it even worse. Right. Oh, God, that's great, man. Uh, Just the, the lengths you go through to be an ass when you're younger. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then what, what was it, uh, what was, you know, your high school, college life? What was, um, what was it like? Because uh, I remember you guys always liked to party. You know, we were always cool because you were cool with Pat, who was my roommate at the time, and, you know, Carol, yeah. and everyone was super close. Me and you never really hung out that much, but we were always, you know, in the same circle, sort of. Right. And then... Uh, you know, what was it like in, in your neck of the woods? Were you guys, you know, doing a lot of drugs or what was the, the scope of things? Like when we moved to San like Pat and I were like real close in uh, middle school, high school. And then like after that, we both kind of uh, did our own thing for a couple of years. After high school, I moved to Santa Barbara, uh, went to community college for a couple of years and then moved back, went to uh, Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, it both turned out that we were going to transfer to the UC uh, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, we were past due. I think we were like 20, 21. Like, we should have been almost graduated, but we were just transferring at the time. So it was like, 
uh, we both like hung out and um, stayed in contact and like saw each other every now and then. Um, in the years between, but when we found out we were both going to go to UC, we were like, well, maybe we should both apply to the same schools, you know. And uh, we both applied to Santa Cruz, got in, and then we were like, well, let's, let's move together. So we both moved and then lived there together for uh, six years. And the Petzl lives there now. I used to go back and see him all the time from San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, he, we had a lot of good years there. Yeah, you know, I've got... He was a bartender at the time. Yeah, yeah, he, he told me to go down because he said, you know, come to Santa Cruz, you can do some comedy here, then we'll go up north and we'll visit Tony. And I was like, okay, I'm all for it. And then um, Nick and Sandra, they moved to Arizona. So I went out there to visit them and uh, they got me in on a show. So I got that show and then I met a couple couple guys out there that were like, hey, come to our show, you know, be on my podcast. So I started networking more in the Phoenix area instead of going. To, and then all this shit happened. So obviously there's nothing going on anymore. But um, yeah, I really wanted to make it out there and... Uh, you know, go go check out your guys' scene. Yeah, dude. Um, San Francisco is great. Santa Cruz would be a real cool place to go to do comedy. Um, DNA just opened up a. There's a guy called in the in Santa Cruz called DNA. He just opened up a, a comedy club. He's calling it DNA's Comedy Lab. Mm-hmm. But there's also like just independent shows. The Fun of the Patriot does an open mic that's awesome every Monday, and they do a first Friday show. Yeah, I uh, uh the, the Blue Lagoon Creep Powell runs that. She took over from DNA. It's a weekly Thursday show. It's awesome. Uh, there's like Wednesdays. There's like three shows you can do. Um, at Rosie McCann's and Santa uh, Cruz Mountain Brewing, and uh, DNA also has a an open mic at his venue on that night. Mm-hmm. The Wednesdays are great. Mondays, Fridays, Thursdays, and. Uh, Cool place. You should do it. Yeah, man, I'd love to do it. You you gave me a couple references when I first started out here, um, and then those places are fucking huge now. Um, it's I mean, LA is really a you know if there's a place that's pretty decent within a couple weeks, it's fucking known and everyone's there. You know. Oh, like Mike's? Yeah. What did I say? I forgot which one. Was. Uh, I think I it's, know my, my friend Zach Bile runs Empire Empire Tavern Open Mike. Is that the keg stand comedy one? Yeah, that's keg. Yeah, because I went there, or I hit them up, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm newer. Uh, I didn't I didn't name drop yet because I felt, figured I'd go down there. And she was like, well, people start signing up at 5. And the open mic was at yeah. 7, and I was like, fuck, you know, I don't think it's, it's – I think it's going to be hard. And at this point, I was already getting um, some type of stage time on a Sunday, so I was kind of doing that. But, um, yeah, you you were really supportive, and you, you shot out a couple names to me, and I, and I definitely hit up a couple places. So, you know, I appreciate that. I'm, I definitely want to get up there and – and uh, exploit knowing you and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, that's what comedy does. It makes you want to exploit your friends. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, man. Um, so, so I'm definitely gonna check out the Zoom thing. Um, uh, send me a clip if you can, just so we can. Uh, I could repost. I'll post the one um, that you you put about the identifying the body. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one's great. So I'll post I'll post that one today, and then if you got something else you'd like me to to put up, I'll put it up, and then um you know get get some guys checking it out, and then hopefully soon I can make it up there. Oh yeah, we'd love for you to come. I'm I'm actually quarantined in L.A. right now, but so we are close, but we can't see each other. Oh, uh, I can go. Bad. I can go outside your window and just fucking put my hand on the glass. <laughs> 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 Yo, man, that guy needs to wash his hands. <laughs> it's like shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, Fish sauce on the yeah. window? What the hell? Oh, yeah, I know, right? 
All right, brother. Well, it was a pleasure, uh, pleasure, <laughs> pleasure catching up with you, big dog. Hey, man, it was a pleasure catching up with you. <laughs> hey, man, I still got a speech impediment. That's why I do this, bro. It gives me confidence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Will you take care of yourself, and we'll talk soon. All right, love you, dude. All right, bro. Love you, too, man. Take care. All right. And that's all the time we have for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah.